Welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear the story of someone strong enough to bear it all. The Naked Podcaster is a representation of freeing yourself, giving you permission to be real in all your quirkiness, baggage, struggles to success, and tragedy to triumph. I'm so excited you're joining the journey. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello, and welcome to the Naked Podcaster. I'm your host, Jen Taylor. Today, I am with Wendy Burkhardt. Wendy, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Jen. I love the bottom of your Zoom window. It says CEO mom. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Tell me, I have your Instagram up, and Instagram's where you work the most out of, which it's my favorite, so I completely understand that. Your Instagram and everything will be in the show notes, but it's six figures for mom. Tell me all about that. Well... I created it about 10 years ago when I became a mom and it was inside of what I do for work, but um, we can talk about that later, but it really is inside of my commitment to support moms in having what we want and having what we want be important without being limited by our finances. So you know, if we want to take a particular vacation or we want to, you know, have our child, you know, take some less swim lessons or music lessons, you know, something extra that we want that's outside the budget. Typically, I created a way for to support moms in having that income. But for me, um, my background is you know, deeply rooted in design. And I went to school for interior design and, you know, worked as a a home staging um, consultant for several years and then got into real estate. So that led me in different directions within the design field. But when my daughter was born, she was born with some health complications um, that, um, that had me really consider being home and switching up careers, but she really opened my eyes to the whole world of health, wellness, nutrition, and that sort of thing. And it really was just because it wanted to support her in being well. And that led me in a different direction. So all those things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. I still have the passion for design and decor, but, um, and don't look at the color of my wall because I'm in the process of painting it, but the viewers can't see that. Um, (laughs) uh, or the listeners, sorry. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about six figures for mom and my commitment behind helping and supporting other moms. There's many, many different areas too that I, that I like to support other moms with as well. How do you help them find the find? Cause that, I mean, that's going to resonate with every mom out there. How do I, to find the, the finances? Yeah, and, yeah. Well, it's really through a particular business. It's through a particular business model. Okay. And um, I'll just highlight a little bit of what that looks like. So um, I actually train moms to do what I do. And what I do is market and advertise for a major, well, smaller manufacturing company that manufactures the types of things that 
you would go to Target to buy or you would order on Amazon. And the point of difference is, is the price point, the, um, the value to the consumer and the environmental stand. So when my daughter got, when we got presented with her condition and what she was dealing with, my first thought was I have to get the home to be safe. I have to get rid of the chemicals. I have to, um, you know, do my due diligence when it came to what I was giving her or exposing her to, I should say. Um, She is prone to having seizures. And that was, you know, the thing that had me really wake up to, oh, well, some of these things in the home have neurotoxins in them. And some of these things, you know, could, could trigger a seizure. I don't know, but it, it really woke me up to that. And I led myself really to finding a way not only to work from home and be with her while she was dealing with her health, but also to be able to find something that would be aligned with this sort of new awakening in the world of the environment and in the home and with our, with our health and with a lot of the toxicity that we're exposed to that we don't really think about much. I mean, you and I were conditioned to, you know, use the scrubbing bubbles and, you know, um, get the bleach out if we need to, you know, and things like that. And, and that's, that was the waking point there in, in the world of that. And um, yeah, I can say that. So back to, you know, my commitment with working with moms is I just train them to do what I do. And all I do is simply uh, move consumers from shopping with the big conglomerates over to a smaller manufacturing company that actually cares about our health (laughs) and they don't produce things that have formaldehyde and, you know, phosphates and things like that in them. So then that's where, you know, that's where the training is. The training is inside of what do they manufacture as well as how do I convert a consumer away from the conglomerates over to this smaller U.S. based manufacturing company that's going to save me money in the long run and be better for my family, the health of my family and the home. So in a nutshell, that's, that's what we do. So I coach people on how to, um, how to set up the account, but I mostly coach people on how to listen and interview the people in their life to find out what the need is. You know, what are they dealing with? What are their health issues? What's happening in their house? Where do they live? Do they live by an oil refinery? Do they live by, you know, a place where they burn rubber tires? I mean, you know, what's what's happening in their environment? Um, and what are they already doing to protect themselves? Um, and really promote longevity, you know, because I think in the long run, we're not really able to protect ourselves, so to speak, Um, because we walk outside and we breathe the air that we breathe and we drink the water that we drink. And, you know, we can be purists and go to the extreme, which 
takes time and, and sometimes does take money to, to really be a purist, but um, we're really marketing and targeting the masses and trying to help the masses um, get out of um, the targets and the Walmarts and um, the McDonald's and, you know, the drive throughs <laughs> So just, you know, that's really no per- small task, no small yeah, task. It's no small task. No. When you had long. when you had your daughter, how shocked were you when you really started to investigate? Because I think it's shocking when you really start to investigate what is in ever. Okay, so these things could trigger her to have a seizure. That's not a little deal. That's a big deal. You don't ever yeah. want to have anything in your environment. How shocking was it to you? What when I started uncovering what? Yeah. What I found. Um, it was shocking. I mean, I. The first wake-up call was, you might even remember this, I don't know if you were an Oprah watcher, but when Julia Roberts was on the Oprah show, I don't even know when this was, it had to be now, maybe 15, 20 years ago, but um, Julia Roberts was talking about parabens and how parabens are in almost every product that we use from shampoo to lotion, skincare, you name it. And um, a paraben, it's usually the last couple ingredients that they're long names with just the last part of the name being paraben. And they are um, preservatives that are known to be carcinogenic. So that was a big eye opener because I immediately went through the house and started grabbing this out of the med, you know, this from the bathroom and, you know, looking at the ingredients and I was seeing, wow, I, I've been putting that on my, (laughs) my skin my whole life and not knowing what it was. Um, So, and it can do anything from, you know, cause cancer to disrupt the endocrine system, disrupt the hormonal system. I mean, my daughter's 10 and she is filling out mm. like everywhere <laughs> at 10. Um, and, uh, and said she, you know, ever since she was born, she hasn't had any of those things on her. So what else could it be? Right. So then you're, you know, then it leads you down another quote unquote rabbit hole <laughs> where you're, you know, looking at that. So now, I don't mean to divert off into a different direction, but she's also been taking baths since she was born, right? She loves taking a bath. So you think about the water that we're soaking our body in, um, which is really got, you know, all sorts of things from excessive fluoride to um, um, chlorine to pharmaceutical drugs that are disposed down you know, the drains that get into our water systems. I mean, who knows? You know, she's blossoming at this young age. And I'm like, wait, but I've been doing my part to keep that stuff away from her. So it's, um, it's a vicious circle. And I think that if there's a little bit that we could do, I mean, I have a little more peace of mind, but I'm conscious to it. You know, I have, I'm, I'm conscious to it. Whereas there may be some moms that maybe they're not even conscious to what's even 
in the ingredients of a particular product, not to mention what's in your water. Um, so, but having a little bit of peace of mind around it makes me feel better. <laughs> You're right. I mean, we can only control so much. I know I look at the kids size now and I'm not talking from an obesity standpoint, although that is one thing, yeah. but like how tall the girls are, how wide boys shoulders, just, they aren't built like they were. I was born in 70, you know, like we were, they're not built the same at all. And I think what in the world are we putting into things Yeah, that is so there, we could take this on a million different directions, but you're right. I mean, there's, I'm, I'm the same as you where we really try to control the things that we can control to the right. best of our ability, right? And there's still so much left. Like, you're right. She's been taking baths. Yep. Totally innocuous. No big deal. She has to take a shower. And um, there's so much of it that we can't control. So you, you had this situation that was much more urgent that yeah. kind of forced you to look at it. And other people who don't, I don't even think it's that a mom is not as conscious or concerned about their kids. It's just that until you're faced with some of this information, until you're forced to face it, you don't, you really don't realize. And McDonald's is a totally different conversation. <laughs> you know, I mean like the food, when you're buying good food, I worry about it, but then that's a completely different situation. And that's, yeah. And, and I'm blessed because she has, never once asked for McDonald's. She turns her nose up at chicken nuggets and French fries. I still, you know, every now and then I'll have a craving for a fr you know, French fry and I'll offer her one. <laughs> She's like, no, thank you. <laughs> so there's something really cool about, um, or special, really special about my daughter that has her already tapped into what her body needs. Cat crying in the other room. It's really loud. That's all right. <laughs> we like the cat crying in the background. It's, it's like mood music. Um, the other thing is that, um, you know, you can be hit with something later on and my daughter will be 10 in January. So our girls have got to be pretty close to the same age. And she was diagnosed six months ago, or a year ago, sorry, a year ago, with rheumatoid arthritis. And we had to completely change her diet. And we were eating, we were very conscious about our cleaning supplies and what food we were eating. And we had to change at that point too. Right. And so why are these things happening to these kids, even when you're living in a very conscious home where there shouldn't be like what what is happening and why are all these things happening so you were thrown well into that. yeah and I don't want to go go too far into this subject because um you I, I um I recommend you talk with somebody who's more of an expert in this area and I can give you her mm. info but um you know our food Jen that we're eating is um <laughs> I can hear the cat now. <laughs> our cat food is, is <laughs> our food is um, got glyph you know it is sprayed with glyphosate. Right. Yes. So we read. Yeah. You know <laughs> how on earth or why you know what I, I all the who what where when questions. It's just like 
when did that start and why and what what's the point and you know it's it's pretty scary you know yeah, it is so that's um and there's testing that you can do now you can you can actually get yourself tested to see how what your levels of glyphosate are and um but yeah i i I'll throw one out there for for Zen Honeycutt because she's she's extraordinary in that realm. So that's that's her forte and her it's, world there. It's just so um, frustrating when you're trying to be conscious because of yourself, because of your kids, because you know there's so much crap out there. And then yeah. to still be subjective, like even when you are super aware, like you said, you know, you're still subjected to things that you can't control or that you, maybe you didn't think about taking baths or the bath water. Like really you have to think about that too. And that makes it so difficult. Tell me a little bit more about your daughter. Cause when you have a child, of course you want them to be yep. healthy and happy and perfect and all of that. So mm -hmm. that, that was, that was a huge transition for you in a lot of ways. And then it continued on with that. So keep going with your story with your daughter. Well, you know, um, when she, so her health, her health was, has always been the most important. Um, I mean, obviously we're all, our health is the most important, but her um, healing, so to speak, and being able to um, reduce the seizures, you know, that's, that's been our main focus over the years. And although they have subsided for the most part, she does have, have them occasionally. But my next concern really started when she entered school because then she was out of my uh, care and in, in the care of, you know, someone else. And so that concern about, um, is she going to have a seizure at school or, you know, that sort of thing. So I've just been really vigilant in um, making sure that, those that are working with her know exactly what to look for, you know, how to prepare uh, for it and really how to support her um, and keeping the triggers away. There's all sorts of triggers that could trigger seizures, but one area kind of on the outside of the realm of health that, um, that I've really kind of become an advocate really become an advocate for it inside of is the is her education so there's a uh, set of goals that are created when child has um, you know a delay in a particular area whether it's speech or um, you know reading, writing, you know, that sort of things. And she's had a specialized education plan ever since kindergarten. And when I was first presented with this document or went to my first meeting, it was really overwhelming because it was me at the table with about 13 constituents <laughs> from all different <laughs> okay I love all it. different you know the teacher the um special ed teacher the physical therapist the occupational therapist the speech therapist you know your behavior person maybe the principal you know um and you know little old me and so fast forward you know five 
six years later or whatever, it's, um, it's something that I, I, I dissect it with a fine tooth comb, you know, like I, when it's, when it's a document that is 18 pages or no, it's even more than that. When it's a document that's like 30 pages long, you know, you're, you're not just signing off on something that's, um, you know, some random document. It's, it's, it's intense. So there's a lot of detail. And I guess the thing that I am now looking at after being exposed to this particular type of document and working with the administration in the schools for the best interest of, of my daughter is, you know, do you, are, you know, are you a mom that has a, a child with deve any developmental delay in which when they enter school, you know, they're going to have one of those IEP documents created for them? Um, or are you already in the system with your child and you have an IEP currently, your child has an IEP currently, and you go to those meetings and you just kind of sit there and listen to what they say and you just sign, because people, there's a lot of parents that do that. They just take in all the information and at the end of the meeting, they sign off and they're done. So, um, you know, for me, it's, it's important that they know that they have a choice. You know, they can question something like, you know, well, tell me more about this goal because I feel like this is, this is, this goal could be a little bit maybe more challenging for her because I know she can do this. I've seen her do this, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, um, questions that go unanswered or, or, or questions that don't even get asked by parents because they, I think they feel like they don't really get to say what mm. they want in those meetings because maybe they feel outnumbered or they just don't know what to ask. You know, they don't know what questions to ask. So I'm actually doing my first um, meeting. I'm um, just kind of putting it out into the community and in the neighborhood and see if there's any moms that want to come over and, you know, have an open discussion about what it's like to be an IEP parent. You know, what are your concerns? What questions do you have? And I, I don't think I can answer all questions, but I certainly want to be a resource for other moms that, that I like to call their IEP. They are IEP moms or their IEP parents. Um, and I, I, I will say that after being so involved in all of the meetings with the administration and all the important people that, you know, that are guiding my daughter and teaching my daughter that um, she wouldn't be, I don't think she'd be as far along as she is today if I hadn't have been that. Now, my husband was with me on several occasions, <laughs> but if, we hadn't have been that advocate, like standing in the advocate role versus um, like on the sidelines, just receiving the information and signing off on it. Does that make sense? It does. And I've, I have a child uh, who is an adult now um, who had an IEP. I've had two that have, and, but one of them was for speech therapy and I, he was, uh, the younger one, I've been through it and it wasn't as big of an IEP or of an issue 
advocating was super easy, but my son, who's almost 20 now, um, went through a special program. We were trying to figure out what his diagnosis was and he's autistic. And, um, we brought him to, we have one of the top two universities that do the testing because a lot of times things are misdiagnosed and I went in like, I don't care what he's diagnosed in or what box we need to, I don't care. It doesn't matter. What I care about is that, that, um, will give me information on how to best work with him and what his needs are and how I can best support that. So it was that he was autistic, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared if he was, I think it's misdiagnosed a lot. So I was thinking possibly it had been misdiagnosed with us also. And I think I'm lucky. A lot of parents don't, you're right. Don't know what to ask. And I'm not uncomfortable at all. And, um, I also have a lot of respect for the the people that are I've had, I've had very good luck with the teachers and the support and then really feeling I feel like they were trying to do their best. They weren't sure. always right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and, I yeah. Yeah. And it's an area that needs a lot of support and help because it is a little overwhelming to navigate if you're not Exactly. a barracuda That's- like I am or <laughs> You know, that's my, yeah, that's my whole point is, is the whole navigation of it. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's It's overwhelming. Yeah. And I, I don't know of very many, like, um, well, there are different organizations. I shouldn't say that there are different organizations that can, um, that can, Get, consult with you and give you like I think little bits and pieces of advice you know for the IEPs but I certainly didn't even be, know where to look or you know yeah. in the beginning it was just I'm, I'm kind of one of those people that likes to learn through experience mm-hmm. um but yeah that's it's a whole world having a having the IEP and especially the more, the more goals that are on the IEP, the bigger it is. Um, Cause there's that, that I don't even know how to even put it into words, but it's just, uh, you know, that's the, the complexity of it. The more goals there are on the IEP, it's, it gets a little more complex. Yes, it does. And like I said, having two experiences with two different kids, they were completely different experiences. Yeah. Completely different. So, and maybe the second one was a little easier because it was the situation for sure. And because I'd already gone through it once. So I had a better lay of the land, so to speak, but it is. And it's, you're not just dealing with the IEP, you're dealing with medications or hospitals or procedures or tests. And the concern that you don't have control over the environment when your daughter's at school, which right. I, I understand that. I mean, there's so much more than just, oh, you need to learn how to read your IEP and stand up for your child. I think parents innately are going to want to stand up for them. It's just not even knowing where to start because it's so right. over. And you're talking about a situation where you're going through a lot other things with medication and hospitals and procedures. And I like what you said when you wrote to me, you're moving through the mommyhood with grace and ease on the outside. 
and worry and concern on the inside. And I think that speaks to most of us as parents, you know. Yes. And constantly having to regroup or redirect or learn something new or like, oh my gosh, it's it's one more thing. And so um, you were doing all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I was. And I'm, um, I am blessed to have uh, the the wherewithal to not be consumed by the worry of it. Like I have the worry and concern that's, that's there naturally, but it doesn't consume me in a way that would, that would impact me outwardly with things like anxiety or depression or, you know, I'm going to go drink a bottle of vodka or, you know, like I'm very uh, grounded with and with the concern and the worry. Um, I take action. So, and it's, it's the action that keeps, um, it keeps, the action keeps me grounded. You know, it's uh, when I, when I, visit moments of of being inactive you know like not taking action i i noticed that i'm in a story about the concern and i'm letting that story manifest into something that's not even happened yet <laughs> that that may never even happen right and and luckily Fortunately, <laughs> I have the um, I have that I had some really great training um, over the years with um, a s- set of distinctions and coaching that comes from a particular uh, methodology. So instead of um, you know doing all these reading all these different books and how tos or getting you know, counseling from a therapist or any of that, I, gosh, almost 20 years ago, put myself in uh, the Landmark Forum. Okay. Which was an amazing experience. Um, I was not quite sure what I was registering for or signing up for, but I knew that my best friend told me twice over the course of two years <laughs> that I needed to check this thing out. So I trusted her and I did it. And that, you know, like I said, that was almost 20 years ago. Um, and at that time I was, I had just turned 30. Um, and yep, that gives away my age. I will be 50 <sighs> this year. <laughs> I'm 49 in a month. I love it. <laughs> um, you're going to beat me to it. Um, I'm at the tail end of the year. Um, but yeah, that, so I had wish I, I actually wish that I had learned about that uh, course or program when I was 20 uh, or even younger, because I know there are certain decisions that I made that I probably wouldn't have made had I had, had I had the 
methodology then. So for the last, you know, 20 years, there are certain distinctions that I got out of that program that I um, refer to when I'm dealing with some circumstance in life that has me be disempowered or it has me not taking action. And it's pretty powerful. So I could talk for hours about that whole program. (laughs) Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. So, you know, I just, and today with all of the noise and all of the external um, just um, information coming at us from every angle, I mean, it's, it's important that we find something that can ground us um, or some structures that can keep us focused on our purpose, our mission, why we're doing what we're doing, you know, why we're sitting here today having this conversation, why I'm, you know, building a business to support moms and having a future that they don't have to be you know, tied down to a nine to five job. They don't have to be dependent on a, uh, on a man if they didn't want to. They don't, you know, it's, it's, um, and really having the space to, to manifest what it is that we dream about, that we've been dreaming about since we were little girls. It's like, that's in the big scheme of things, you know, I, I want to fulfill on those dreams and I want to help others fulfill on those dreams. And the most important thing in my life right now is having the future for my daughter, somehow impacting that future to have it be better than it is today and to have her be set up for, for success you know, and with, and with, with her, you know, being not a neurotypical child, you know, she's fully capable, but it's like, I don't know, you know, so I'm, I'm working hard to kind of create that nest egg, so to speak, financially also, so that there's something there if she needs, you know, that down the road, right? And um, whether it's for her her health or it's uh, for a place to live or you know whatever. So anyway, that's that's the biggest um, drive that I have for what I do is is really my daughter. And um, you know we could get into a whole nother age bracket and talk about. <laughs> my my mom is my mom is you know she lives with us and she's in her early 70s and it's you know we are at that you and I are at that age where you know if our if our parents are still here they are aging and it's yeah the the roles are getting reversed right so you know I'm looking at you know how do I support her while she's still able and getting around um to the point where it's not going to be me or I have to take care of her when, you know, she gets old. Like I really want to create 
something for her that she can, you know, live out the rest of her life with um, dignity and independence, even if she's not living here or, you know, driving or whatever. So I want to contribute to her as well. And so there's a lot of things I want to contribute to. <laughs> and, um, you know, you have to have the means to do that. So um, I would say that if there's, you know, if there's moms out there that are really clear about the areas of life that they want to contribute to and the areas of life that they want to um, impact. Um, even if it's just, just with their own family, I, I think that that's the clearer, the clearer we are, right. The, I don't want to say the easier it is to attract what it is that you want, but it's, it's, um, it's helpful. It's very helpful to just be clear on what it is that you want and specific, right? Specific, measurable goals. <laughs> I agree. And you need to work towards them all the time. My uh, mother-in-law got really sick. Most of our parents, I, I mean, we only have one surviving parent and it's my mom. But when my mother-in-law got really sick, my brother-in-law took her in, but it's it's good to be mindful because those things tend to happen, whether yeah. you're mindful or not. Yeah. We all had to jump in and rally, which worked really well. And it was handled very well. And yeah. she lived her, the end of her life exactly the way she wanted to. Mm -hmm. But unless you're conscious of that and thinking about it and planning for it, that yeah. can be really traumatic to everyone involved. So yeah. I love that you're trying to be, you're more open and trying to help other moms be more open that these are, you know, it's kind of not a matter of if it's a matter of when your daughter's going to keep getting older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was your mom and, and so am I. <laughs> oh yeah. I, see, I skipped right over that part. Um, but <laughs> it's important to decide how we want that to go and contribute. Cause you said, you know, we can small actionable, we can do those things every day moving towards that goal. And it's not a lot of time and energy, but when you're faced with it all at once, it is a lot of time and energy. And so that's sure. great. And knowing that as your daughter gets older, like with a couple of my older kids, you know, they're subjected to things. We can't, we protect them less and less as time goes on, I think. Uh huh. Yeah. And That's how right. you handle that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not an, it was tough when we were growing up and it's more difficult, I think, for this generation that's being raised right now. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me who, who other than, I know you want to attract moms and moms that maybe want to work from home and have a clear message. How do they know that? How do they get in touch with you? What advice would you give them? Talk about the, these women to me a little bit. <laughs> Well, and, and it's not, I, 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 I'm not closing the door to men as well. <laughs> right, right. But because there could be, there could be a dad that's really committed to having the same thing for his family that is, um, you know, on on the wheel in the rat race, trying to make ends meet, just you know, working a 
a nine to five job until he retires with what, you know, what kind of pension is left. I mean, it's it, there, how they can, so how they can find me, I'm open to having a conversation with anybody that is clear that they're ready for a change. Like they're clear what they want. They're, they're coachable to, to the, like if, if there's a mom that's willing to have a conversation with me and they're really clear what they want and they can express that and share that with me and tell me what that is that they want, then it really is just a matter of looking to see if this is even a good fit for them. You know, they, they have to look and see for themselves. Um, but how they can find me is through my Instagram page, six figures for mom. Um, or I don't know if you attach, uh, email to this or I can. Yeah. Um, you could attach an email link for my personal email or my, I, I, that's the one that I, I like the best because the other one is not reliable. So the WB for possibility at Gmail, um, you know, and really looking in, in the converse, if they're open to a conversation, we could do, we could do a zoom, we can do an audio conversation on Facebook messenger, but just, it's just an exploration, you know, a 10 minute right. call to look, um, get connected. Tell me what you're you know, what you're looking for. I don't, you know, you're very generous. You're a podcaster. You've got a lot of, you know, a little bit more time to hear people's stories, but I really like the cut and dry. Like I'm looking for the person that's super, super clear. They know what they want. They know what they don't want. And they've got, um, they've got grit, you know, they're hungry, they're self-starter, they're, um, they're interested in, in helping other people. They're interested in taking their life out into the world and having it be a contribution to, to, to other lives. Um, you know, and really I, I, I'm kind of saying what I want, <laughs> and it, what I'm looking for with, with the particular, you know, women, but um, one of the, common cores that I live my life inside of that I look for also in working with other women is a certain level of integrity. So, you know, that looks like, um, you know, being someone that, that really honors what you say. Um, and also having some, some sort of business, business, ethics, like some sort of, um, professionalness to, um, you know, taking your work seriously. Um, you know, and I could get into the nitty gritty of all that, but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. Absolutely. And these are, yeah. these are, I know you're not ruling out men, so we're not, we're, yeah. not, we're not down on that, but when you're a parent and you're really trying to make a better life for yourself and for your kids and be more present and more there and, that those are your people. That's right. That's right. Wendy, thank you for sharing your story of how you yes. got onto a completely different path. You're, welcome. you're still, you're still helping women to not kind of lose their identity in parenting to maintain that, even though yours changed dramatically when you became a mom. 
Yes. And I love that part about it that, you know, we can still maintain our identities completely and be very invested in our kids. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to get naked with us. If you'd like to bear it all with me, get in touch. Your story is unique and valuable. Let's show it off.